People, Deluded, I'm back again. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. And I mean, it's appreciative each and every time of not just your support across my audio content, but obviously the bulk of my content comes via YouTube and you lot received that well and the other bits and pieces. And if you're just hearing me on, you know, on the podcast and you're unaware of the YouTube stuff, you know, Deluded Guna on YouTube, Deluded Guna 04 across all socials apart from Snap, which is Guna 04 and it's really appreciative of all your support from the start of the season. And now we're at the penultimate um, week for a lot of clubs. You know, La Liga's finished yesterday. I think Real Madrid technically ended La Liga with the lowest points tally required to win it in quite a while. In fact, I have that to hand people, really. Let me find that for you lot. Um, like, like, I, like I said, 87 points, the lowest for, for a champion La Liga side, for, the, for a La Liga side to win. The, ugh, I'm butchering this. For a La Liga team... Real Madrid, you know, got the lowest points for a while. You know, it's actually the lowest since 2008, 2009. They actually scored the lowest goals for a champion since 2006, 2007. Now, a lot of this isn't going to matter. At the end of the day, Real Madrid got through it. Benzema played a central figure. Real um, Barcelona, Real Madrid's rivals choked it and they took advantage. And obviously, Messi still got the Champions League to play for. And individual, er- um, individual awards are not going to replace you know, winning major trophies. But, you know, this is Messi. Messi ended the season, obviously, winning the Golden Boot, his fourth in a row, his seventh in total. Obviously, he bagged twice on the final day. And I think, you know, it's the first, it's actually the first time somebody's won that without 30 goals for a while as well, people. I think Messi ended on 25. I could be wrong. But yeah, it's been a bit of a mad, it's been a bit of a mad season collectively, man. And we're at the end of it in relation to the Premier League, you know. For us, it's, I know we'll get onto it. Trust me, we'll get onto beating Man City in the FA Cup. But, you know, we've got Watford and Villa, two teams fighting relegation. That can go either each way. You know, if you're United, I know they lost in the FA Cup yesterday. But one consolation is Spurs did them a favour. Chelsea are licking their lips because, you know, they're confirmed to be in a final at the end of it. They're still very much in the FA Cup race. You know, they're going to have a decent season by their own, by Lampard's own standards that he set in the first year. And many people expected, you know, Chelsea to probably be where Arsenal were, such as the, sc- the scale of the task and, and their lack of options and the rest of it, people. But let's get into it. Obviously, FA Cup, before we get into Arsenal, man, let's speak about Manchester United. And it was ridiculous, really, um, in the manner they lost for me. I mean, Ferguson must have been going livid at his TV or whatever, purely because clearly... Oli threw the game. For whatever reason, I feel Oli threw the game. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to say he's right in that because it's a semi-final. Manchester United, similar to Arsenal, rich history with this trophy. You know, it's not champs, it's not prem, but you get it. And I think Ferguson would have named his strongest team, but I can't go on that. Um, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it again. Manchester United needed to make rotations. They've kept the same team for a while. There's still a lot of football to be played. Obviously, with Oli electing to go free at the back initially or, or a variation of that, and, you know, he had Pogba Martial on the bench, two of the top performing players right now. Yeah, he played Marcus Rashford and Bruno. But pardon me. But for me, that means he threw the game. That means he, he made it clear, you know, rotation is going to need to happen. I'd rather it happen now than on, you know, when we I think they've got West Ham midweek. You know, they're very much in the shout for top four. Top four, potentially, if they're going to win a trophy, you know, you look at the Europa League um I'd rather win the FA Cup, but I'm always going to say that as an Arsenal fan. At the end of the day, it's a European trophy. It's a first for Oli. And, you know, like I said, there's bigger pri- there's bigger priorities, I guess, Man United did. 
that that being said, it was disappointing. I feel che- I, I feel they were poor, and I think on the flip side, Chelsea were quality. To be fair, I think clearly they listened to the manager. They pressed very well. Mount got his first goal in what twenty six games, and I think he's actually scored the most goals under Lampard as a player. I think they played very well. Giroud, you know, he he loves the FA Cup. He got it from us. He stood up to be counted yesterday um, with a goal. And it's almost written in the stars. He scores in the final against Arsenal, really and truly. Mount obviously scored. Um, Rudiger scored. You know, Maguire was terrible. Um, you know, I'd like to say I hope I hope Eric Bailly is safe because he took two nasty blows to the head. Um, you know, things are more important than football, such as a man's health. For Man United, like I said, the lineup was poor. I get it, there needed to be rotation. It's been coming for a while, but given the context of the game and he brought them on anyway, surely it would have been better to start your strongest team and then roll people off when required. Chelsea went for their strongest side. Uh, uh, well, you know, Kepa was spent, they spent 70 odd million on Kepa, so you'd assume he's their better keeper. But at the end of the day, Kepa's been poor and Willy Caballero, you know, it's pretty even. That being said, we can't not speak about De Gea people. Again, I don't know what's wrong with him. I've seen a lot of goalkeepers fall from grace, but I don't know what's with De Gea, man. It's been a current theme for the last couple of seasons, and especially this season now. It's that he's dropping clangers almost week in, week out. And, you know, I'm sure many fans will float the, the possibility of Dean Henderson going into the United setup in the fold. I mean, on current form, Arsenal have two keepers better than him and one of them's injured. Um, De Gea, I don't know what he's doing. The first one, okay, give and take, it might not... I think it took. I think Giroud's goal took it, but took them by surprise. For me, I could see it coming in. I think Lindelof's done terrible. Like, one thing about Giroud, very good movement. Lindelof loses him. He looks on his shoulder, Giroud's gone. He's already made that darting run. And I think the goal took, took De Gea by surprise. It shouldn't, because you should have a dossier and was, was watching videos of Giroud. But, um, and I'm not going to say very few strikers would have taken that with their left foot. Um, obviously, technically stronger, but I think that took it part. That that that's what got him by surprise. That trademark sort of side foot slash toe poke thing Giroud does, and I have seen at Arsenal. Um, the second goal, I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, what's being said at half time? You know, it's a semi final. At the end of the day, there's a pot- potential double to be had for Man United. And just in terms of basic respect. Brandon Williams, I used to play right back, clearly not to his level, but he at fullback, sorry, he played a terrible pass. You know don't play square passes. He plays a square pass, he's intercepted. Don't get it twisted. De Gea, I don't know what he's on. I really don't know what he's on. That's a that's the one goal you're looking at and saying De Gea, Stonewall, you should be doing better. And I, I don't know what it is with De Gea. Is there something going on in his personal life? Is he just complacent through a lack of competition? Has he lost his desire and hunger? Is he just in a bad form? Does he need a new goalkeeping coach? Because you know De Gea is one of the best Premier League goalkeepers historically, but definitely I'd say the last three to four years, you know, he's kind of fallen off. Definitely in these last 18 months, he's been quite terrible. Like, he'll make big saves. He made a big save in that game, but by then the damage is already done. Rüdiger obviously scored, and by then the wheels are falling off. Yes, Manchester United got a penalty and was able to at least ruin the clean sheet for Chelsea and give them something to think about. But, you know, Chelsea were equal to it. I think Chelsea deserved their win and they deserve to be in the final. And it's going to be a fantastic London derby. Hopefully we can obviously repeat what we did the last time we played them in such contexts, people. Um, with Chelsea winning, though, Chelsea are the first side to beat Manchester United since Burnley in the Premier League back in January. This obviously ended Manchester United's 19-game unbeaten run in all cops. Manchester United have been eliminated from the FA Cup by Chelsea for a sixth time, including three of the last four seasons. Only Arsenal, with seven, have knocked the Red Devils out of the competition on more occasions. Chelsea have reached their 14th FA Cup final. Only Arsenal and Manchester United have made this round further. Um, 
Obviously, since his debut in, in the FA Cup in January 2013, Giroud has scored 16 goals in this competition, including in the final. Only Sergio Aguero, 19, has netted more in this period. And I remember Giroud scoring a decent goal. I think Ox set him up a decent goal when we batted Villa in it um, a few years ago, 2015, you know. Um, Giroud's a bad boy, man. He loves the FA Cup. Um, I've got a lot of love for Giroud, apart from the shirt he's in. And obviously, I'd love him to lose it. And it's written in the stars that he scores, in my opinion. Away from that, though, Bruno, I didn't think had the best of games, but was trying and trying to make things happen. Bruno has been directly involved in more goals in all comps than any other Premier League footballer in this period with eight goals. I mean, eight eight assists and nine goals. So, considering he's joined in January and it's like he's, it's like he's been there all year, it's... Shout out to Bruno, the one sort of bright spark in a difficult season for Man United. In fact, let me not lie, Martial and them and there are doing good. And that's another bright spark. Obviously, Norwich were defeated 2-0 against Burnley, I believe. Um, Wood, was it Chris Wood? Chris Wood scored a good goal. Um, it's, it, but, but forget the goals, people. It's just silly mistakes from Norwich, people. I mean, the own goal, Ben Godfrey, I'd like him at Arsenal. Apologies for that noise. Um, it's, a, it's a terrible one. I mean, you're seeing Brendier and Dermich being sent off and you're seeing exactly why Norwich are in this mess. And I feel sorry for the gaffer, man, because you, you're relegated. You just want to see them put pride in the shirt and give fans some respectability in the, you know, in the couple of games they left. And it seems like players are sinking ships. Players or certain players, like like with Bournemouth, actually, play, certain players know they're moving. Certain players are resigned to be in the championship. Certain men sunk before it even became confirmed. They got relegated and it is jarring to hear that. It was a silly red card for Brendier. Very stupid one for Dermich. And yeah, man, they'll play no part in the next game, well, this week. Um, with that being said, Norwich are just the third team in the, in English top flight history to lose five consecutive home games without scoring a goal, a single goal. Norwich are the third team, it, it, are, 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 sorry, are just the third team as well to lose five, sorry, that's the same thing, people. Norwich are the first team to have multiple players sent off in the first half of a Premier League game since August 2015, when obviously Stoke did that against West Brom. So Norwich is terrible. A couple of their players will get moves. Personally, I like Ben Godfrey at Arsenal. I think there's a lot of rough edges in his game, but I do think if he polishes up another season or two in the Premier League, he could be a decent centre-half. Dare I say, when I look at some of the defenders called up into the England squad, I think he could get there. But he's quite naive. He needs to improve off the ball. He needs to improve following his runners. Um, he does get caught flat-footed a lot, a lot. But, yeah, man, I've got a lot of time for him. Obviously, Bournemouth versus Southampton. VAR played a big part. Obviously, Bournemouth thought they got back into the game with that with that um, late strike. But Callum Wilson was offside. Um, it had it had everything, man. You know, Harry, Harry Wilson conceded a penalty and Danny Ings missed it. And at that point, you thought it could have went two ways for Southampton. You know, Ings keeps up his great goal scoring statistics. People, he scored twelve. He has scored. You know, he's having a great season. He's on what nineteen, twenty goals this season. He scored the most. Either way, he scored the most by any Southampton player in the competition, overtaking James Beattie's eighteen in two thousand and two oh three. Now, I'm not gonna begrudge Liverpool for selling him because at the time he was injured. He with the quality was. There, but he wasn't doing this but undoubtedly Ings was one of the most underrated signings in hindsight nobody was really checking for him or saying it's fantastic business from Southampton and what they signed him for 20 million it's a lovely flip from Liverpool but Southampton have got a player which you know really could do a bit better than Southampton with all due respect if he carries on this form you know it's a shame that Covid has obviously made the Euros not happening I doubt he would have got in the Euros side because I think there's too much politics when it comes to England and I think other people that are in lesser form would have been taken I think Southgate would have went with rightly so Harry Kane Marcus Rashford I believe Greenwood deserves that probably elect to go with Tammy Abraham 
And then obviously you've got Sterling who could be used there as well. So and I think you'd actually call up Calvert Lewin regardless because he's been in decent form before Ings. But Ings has been decent and he scored twelve Premier League goals away from home. That's the joint most by any Southampton player in a single season in the competition. The only thing he did wrong in this game was obviously missing a penalty. In fact, on that note, Southampton have missed three of their four penalties in the Premier League this season. Only Man City and Man United um, with four have missed more. Um you know, and also, you know, Southampton, it's gone under the radar, but they've got a very good record away from home. Before, I, I forgot the point I was making about Ings. Yeah, when Liverpool sold him, it didn't look like he was going to do this, but he's a baller, people. He's, you know, he's one of the signings of the season, without a doubt. I'd say him, I'd say Bruno. Um, you know, I think, I'm not saying any of these wins. I think Martinelli's up there. Um, who else is there? Um, I don't have to really think, you know. I think, like I said, I think Martinelli's up there. He's a young man. He's made a big splash. As, a, as an Arsenal fan being biased, I'd say Tierney as well. Um, who else has been good signings? They're the only ones coming off the top of my head, people, but there definitely is more. Moving away from that, though, you know, for, for, for Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth have suffered their 22nd league defeat of the season. And that tells you why they're in this position, why they could potentially go down. And it's somewhat out of their hands now. I'm pretty sure they could actually be relegated before they actually play their next game, um, which is sad. But it is live, you know, if this is what happens. And that squad will be teared up. Keen to see what happens with Eddie Howe. You know, you've all heard the news of Nigel Pearson looks to be leaving, um, leaving Watford. Watford have had a couple of gaffers this campaign. But is it conceivable to think maybe, maybe Howe, Eddie Howe feels like he wants to do a Wenger thing. He, he stays with, he stays with, Bournemouth when they go down like he has been moving through the divisions and comes back with them but I see him as a Premier League manager and you know no disrespect to the championship but I do think they will be a divorce and I mean you look at Watford if Watford stay up they've shown that they'll turn their managers over you know probably more times than their players change their boxes could it be conceivable for Eddie Howe to take that now you know the Watford position is a bit dodgy because you might not have long you know I don't think there's the biggest of ambition by the owners and things like that but it's something to consider and for Bournemouth like I said, the manager will probably stay, but there's a case for him to leave. I don't really rate Bournemouth players too tough, but I think Callum Wilson, definitely Harry Wilson on loan from, from Liverpool. Uh, what's it? Josh King. These sort of men will get moves. Ake, without a doubt. These sort of men will be playing Premier League football or, or top division football elsewhere. Ryan Fraser, who said he's not involved in any of this. It's the Cooks and the Francis's and... You know, Kelly's and, you know, these sort of men there that will not get moves. You know, even Adam Smith at fullback, I think he's underrated. He could get a little move somewhere and play in the Prem. So people are probably divided. Certain players know they're playing elsewhere. Certain people have probably been on their age, uh, or calls to their agents. It's just fractured and it's sad because they will have to be, Bournemouth will obviously have to make cutbacks um, in that department. Away from that, though, and like I said, one consolation for United fans and one extra reason to smile for Chelsea fans is that Spurs did them a bit of favours. I know Spurs won't... Well, I know Spurs and United fans, they seem to have this bromance going on, but I'm pretty sure Spurs fans won't be happy knowing they've done Chelsea's, done Chelsea's bidding. For Leicester, you know, they've still got to play United. They've got some tough games. Leicester really messed it up, and considering they were running away with third position, they only have themselves to blame if... They do not get Champions League football now. If they finish fourth, or if they finish fifth, it's been a good season for Leicester. But they fumbled the bag, you know. Siyinchu, he got sent off, um, and it, and and you know they they needed him against Spurs. You know the the, the three at the back did not work. Um, obviously Justin's been in decent form for them, but he him and his centre half on his side are way too way too um. There's way too much space, you know. Some of the Ryan Bennett, I don't know what he's doing. He must be an agent from Leeds, from from Wolves. Sorry. I really don't know what's going on. The first goal, no clue. Um, 
why people are turning their why people are turning their back. That's why the own goal happened. Second goal was a lovely counter from a Spurs perspective, but again, it's terrible defending from Leicester. The third goal, I started laughing because he's if I'm Rogers, I'm going mad. Like you're letting Kane cut in on his right foot. Now, fair enough, people can't stop Kane on the best of days, but you know what he's gonna do. There's only one thought on Harry Kane's mind. You know, we know who Kane is. There's a reason for the last five, six years consistently up there for top goal scorer if he hasn't won it. You can't allow man on their stronger, strongest foot. You're taught this in school. You're taught this in academies. And they've allowed him to do that. And I think, you know, it didn't work for, for Leicester. At a period, Leicester were on top. I think when they were 1-0 ahead, they, and 1-0 behind, sorry, they reacted well. They fit, Spurs had an onslaught of shots. But other than that, Spurs were really tested. It was a classic Jose Mourinho performance. And I know Spurs fans will be frustrated because they've seen them play like this and win, lose, and draw. And when you win, it's perfect. You know, less present possession, picked off the team on a mad thing and stuff. But it, it, it does need to pattern up. Spurs need to be on the front foot more. People were questioning Harry Kane's goal-scoring exploits and saying, will he score as much under Jose? And, you know, time will tell. You know, a full season under Jose. But it doesn't look like that. He's quickly bagged a quick brace and he's back up there and all the things are shut up about. It was a quality performance from Spurs. At the end of the day, three, three goals, three points clean sheet doing their bit to you know secure Europa League football finish ahead of Arsenal and do their thing um like I said the Spurs goals were quality from a Spurs perspective and um, the only thing Spurs fans probably be aggy about is that they had 29 29.5 possession against Leicester their lowest share in the Premier League since September 2012 um which was versus Manchester United where they had 26 percent um for Spurs they've won four consecutive Premier League games at the Tottenham Stadium for the first time which is their longest run since December 2018 Spurs have benefited from more own goals than any other team in the Premier League this season which stands at five Kane he's been on loan at Leicester and he clearly has a vendetta against them like he does his former team he supported Arsenal in 14 games against Leicester in all comps he's bagged 15 times and that's more than he's scored against any other opponent in his career I thought he bagged the most against Arsenal to be fair if you pull it is what it is in that regards folks um and I'm sure you all saw before we get on to save, you know what they say, save the best till last. I know a lot of you are thinking, yo, this guy's deluded Guna, where's the Arsenal team? Trust me, we're getting there. West Ham, Declan Rice, banger. Absolute cracker of a goal that he scored in that game. Antonio continues his hot streak. I can't say his name, but CH, I cannot say his name, but he shows how dominant he is in both areas, his, his area and offensive area in the box. They scored three. Obviously, Dini got a consolation. And I do think Watford would stay up, but it's in the balance. If they got a point or something in this six-pointer, which I feel the West Ham game was, then they could rest easy. But they're going into a game against Man City, second in the league, just lost to um, Arsenal in, in the semi-finals, want revenge. Then on the last day, they have us. Now, you know, these relegated sort of sides, you see an uptake in performance around this period and they've got two games left. And, you know, as long as it's mathematically possible, you could go down, even though I think they'll stay up. They have to fight. People are playing for their futures. I feel Bournemouth have less Premier League quality players than, than Watford. Like, I do think De Feo will get a move. Decore will get a move. Capoue will get a move. Um, even for me and these sort of Mandela will get moves. Um, Chaloba move, Welbeck move. These guys will be playing. No, don't get twisted. Some man will have to stay in the pre in the championship if they go down. But I do think couple men will get moves. You know, Dawson always seems to find a move, but it was poor. You know, and it's a bit of a circus at Watford because obviously losing this game has cost Nigel Pearson his job, and which is a bit sad because he's almost got them safe. He's got the best win percentage, um, best best win rate. Sorry, at thirty five percent, and the best points per game ratio at one point twenty five of any Watford manager in Premier League history. So he got done 
down a bit dirty and Watford are the first side in Premier League history to see three permanent managers leave during a single season and you know that doesn't scream stability that doesn't scream anything really that you want associated with a Premier League club moving away from that and most people myself included thought Arsenal was going to lose but this is what happens football is won on paper it doesn't matter if you believe you can do a thing if you ask me if we're going to go through to the final beating City 2-0, keeping a clean sheet and and bopping them like we did, I'd have said, you're mad. I'd have said, what are you smoking? I'd have said, give me some of that guy. It might help me get through this game. But we did our thing. Listen, City were poor by their own standards, but tactically, Arteta got one over in him. Now, City have won the last... Prior to that, they won the last seven games and Arteta did lose 3-0 to Pep. So, you know, it's not a turnaround or sort of thing. But in this game alone... The master was defeated by the apprentice. I think we pressed them very well. I think Lacazette had a great game involved in the first goal heavily. You know, you look at our first goal, 17-18 passes. Lovely goal. We bopped them. City got stung by their own goals sort of thing. That was trademark Pep Guardiola sort of thing. I think we pressed well. I think on the topic of Lacazette, he pressed Gundogan well. We forced um, um, Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva backwards and stuff. Yeah, there were times we rolled our luck and cleared our lines. I think, you know, our back three slash back five, everyone stood up to be counted. Mustafi, Louise and Sabayo started a bit slowly with some shaky passes that City could have exploited. But other than that, that Mustafi grew into the game. David Luiz from the first moment to the last, monster in the air. Kieran Tierney, Mr. Consistent, the white Bakari Sagna, as I call him, based on the fact that Sagna was the last fullback I saw at this club where I didn't even have to. When you don't even look, you know, the one's there, you're looking at the team sheet, you're not even looking at that because you know he's locking it down, you know he's doing his thing. I think that about Tierney, whether he plays centre half or left back, I don't need to check for Tierney because he gives me confidence. I know that flying Scotsman is going to do his thing for the club, and I'm really in love with Tierney. I think he's a baller. I love his mentality. I love him on the ball. Obviously, he was involved in the second. Abamian made the assist, really, but he done that. I'm a big fan of Tierney. And not just Tierney, big up everyone in that defence. Like I said, Maitland Niles, you know, needs to polish up a bit in the final third. But he weren't there. It put in that for that final third stuff in that game. Defended well. I'm seeing him win things in the air. Xhaka. Now, the headlines will get lost because obviously, rightly so, Aubameyang bossed it. You get it? David Luiz bossed it. Um, Pepe played well and got an assist and was involved in a goal. So many players deserve the applaud. It's Tierney the same. And obviously, Xhaka's never going to be a man that's going to get goals and assists. But I think he mucked in very well. Even when, you know, the first 15, 20, like against Liverpool, we was, in, we was really camped in their half and stuff. I think Xhaka was sweeping up very well. Um, great collective performances, not one for individuals. Of course, individual quality has shined and we can sit here and talk about individuals. But it's a game where it's fight and determination. And we did all of that. And I'm proud of my boys in this FA Cup. In the grand scheme of things, you know, this week means nothing. Yes, we go to the final, meet, beating Liverpool. In any context for a big team, you know, if Arsenal beat Spurs, if Spurs beat Arsenal, if Liverpool beat United, United beat Liverpool, Chelsea beat Arsenal, Arsenal beat these teams, there should be something really behind it. So we really beat Liverpool for nothing, apart from bragging rights and three points you know as much as you can have bragging rights because they came did a guard of honor and are the league champions but it shows something and for me with Arteta I like the way he set us up in big games because I don't he will get it wrong but so far I don't think he's got it wrong tactically in big games I think when we have lost or got negative results like where we could have won at Old Trafford but we let ourselves down conceding the first one you know twice we've played Chelsea under him twice individual errors have been the reason as to throwing away games and game management um, I think, you know, even the way he set us up against City where we lost 3-0, it was fine. And then individual errors forced our hands. Um, I've, I'm very confident about Arteta at Arsenal. Me saying confident don't mean I think he's going to win 
treble and do all of these things. Of course, I want it. But I see a man that's got conviction in his ideas. I see a great man manager, great tactician. And if he proves to be the man, I'd love it. If he doesn't prove to be the man, we'll speak about it. But I have belief in him. And I didn't have this belief in Emre because with Emre, you know he's a great coach. He's one year old per league. But I was I never had conviction in his ideas. Ironically, I think... Emery would have set up similar to Arteta yesterday. But I think the difference with the two sides is one would have had more intent. I think what I liked about Arteta and I think what the players clocked it after the first tough 15 is that, yeah, we need to defend where we need to mark in, but we need to show what we can do on the ball if we can do anything, you know. Stop admiring this city, man. And I think Emery would have been a bit too defeative. On the topic of Emery, allegedly he's going to be Villarreal boss, you know, and it makes sense as to why Santi Cazola's now bowed out of, of playing for Villarreal and he's linked with a move to the Middle East. Hopefully he comes to Arsenal back in some capacity for sentimental reasons. But it is what it is. For Arsenal, like I said, we bopped them. Second goal was amazing. You know, we exploited Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker was unaware for Aubameyang's first goal. He was unaware for the second. And to be fair, it's not just him. You know, it was a City... It's, we did to City what they would do to us. It was a fantastic counter. Pepe actually heads it out and gives it to Tierney. Tierney gives it back to, to Pepe. Pepe passes it back to Tierney. Tierney fizzes it in behind. And, you know, they've not. you can watch Aubameyang's movement. Aubameyang has checked in and checked out before Kyle Walker. And there definitely was a couple other City shirts have assessed where he is. And then by then it's too late. And, you know, Aubameyang, it can be said, I don't think so. But in some big games, he can do more. You are looking to these men and I think... At the end of the day, he's our captain, he's our star man, he's the man we're begging to sign a new deal, stood up to be counted. He didn't score or get an assist, but I think Lacazette put an effing shifting in that game for us people. Really big shift, so big up Lacazette. Pepe, at the end of the day, if you're leaving your 70-odd million man out of a semi-final, it says more about him than it would about any management staff. So to hear Pepe got an assist, lovely cross for the first goal for Aubameyang and was involved in the second, quality. Tierney, quality. Jack, quality. I think Ceballos didn't have the best of games by his own standards. He was quite anonymous and wasteful, but he mucked in. Everybody mucked in, and I can't ask for more. This is all I wanted to sit here and say. If we lost to them in the same capacity, but we've given it our all, that's all I wanted. I wanted it. I, the performance we did and won today, well, won in the game, I wanted that because if we did lose, we'd have City's, you know, the Kevins and all of these players, they'd have to shine through and show their talent, and which I'd say fair enough. You know, we gave it, made it hard for them, we mucked in. At the end of the day, they got world-class players and that's the margins. But it's good for us, man. And I want these players to remember this belief. And like I said, man, we've got to play Villa and Watford to come. We've got an FA Cup final and we need to play like we did against City with no fear and with complete passion. So, I, you know, what What can I say? Two goals, a clean sheet. We're running away with it. Um, Arsenal and Chelsea will obviously meet in the FA Cup final for the third time with Arsenal winning each of the previous two in 2002 and 2017 as well. These things are destined to end at a period and, you know, maybe Giroud shuts us up, but hopefully that's not the case. I mean, it's only right if Man United win Europa League or get to the final and get top four, Chelsea get top four. It's only right Arsenal get to win a little FA Cup car. We're not, we're, we're 10th at the moment. Um, you know, like I said, prior to the game, we have lost seven games against City by aggregate of 20, 20 to 20, I mean, of two, uh, 20 to two. You can see how mad that scoreline was even reading it. For Aubameyang, he's the fourth player in Arsenal history to score a competitive brace at Wembley after Reg Lewis in the 1950 FA Cup final, Charlie Nicholas in the League Cup final in 1987, and in 2015 FA Cup semi-final, a certain Alexis Sanchez stood up to be counted. Um, with that as well, Aubameyang has scored 65 goals in all comps for Arsenal. Since he obviously made his debut in Feb of 2018, only Mo Salah has scored more than him during this. 
Only four Arsenal players have more goal assists than Kieran Tierney's three this season. Manchester City apparently had 71% possession, but only one attempt on target and 16 shots. So they were misfiring and firing blanks, clearly. But, you know, people focus on City being sloppy and a lot of that's true. But I think you've got to give it to Arsenal. We were, quali we were quality. We were fantastic. I can't ask for more of the manager or anybody else involved. Moving away from that, though, and congratulations to Leeds United. They'll be back in the Premier League. And for Eddie, it's his old team. Hopefully, he can score against Leeds. You look at Pandeva, who left City to join Leeds. He's joined the Premier League promoted team and he might get the opportunity to play there. A couple of their young players must be relishing it. You know, Brighton have a lad on loan at Leeds as well. What's his name? Forgot his name, but he's had a decent year. I don't know if he'll stay or, or, or go back to Brighton, but there's decent and Leeds belong in the Premier League. They're a big club. You know, Bielsa is a quality ma manager, a world-class manager, you know, a very driven manager. So I'm keen to see what happens with Leeds. I'm sure Manchester United and Leeds fans are in eagerly anticipating when that first clash at Ellen Road or at Old Trafford actually is, people. So we'll have to see, man. You know, Leeds have a big club with football heritage. So congratulations for getting promoted, um, and stuff. The only thing I have to say about Leeds is a bit weird that Kiko Casilla is still playing, especially after he's been found guilty of racism and yet to really apologise to Liko. And I mean, I wonder what his black teammates think, but that's neither here nor there. Um, in relation to the games to come for before we meet on the weekend and end the Premier League season, Watford play Man City and City will want revenge. Not on Watford, I ain't done that into them, but revenge because they've been playing poor. So Watford have, a, have it all to do in their last two games. Everton and Sheffield United square off with each other, which should be a good game. Arsenal, obviously, tomorrow play against Aston Villa away from home. Got to be careful against these teams that are fighting relegation at this moment. Brighton and Newcastle face each other. Newcastle having a decent bit of form. Brighton confirmed in the league. Wolves are trying to finish as high as possible and they face Crystal Palace. You've got Manchester United against West Ham. West Ham have defeated Chelsea this year, um, so there should be every bit of motivation that they can get a result. And United know that, OK, they're out of the FA Cup. They've got the Europa League as backup, but they want to qualify via the Champions League. And considering Leicester have bottled um, their last game, they're probably licking their lips. And to be fair, it's, it's I wouldn't say it's justified because at the end of the day, they're out of a competition. But if Oli which I assume Oli will go back to where, you know, where he's naming his best team. You know, you see him, Bruno, Pogba, you know, the front three of Greenwood, Martial and and and, and Rashford uh, and probably run right at West Ham. But, you know, Mikel Antonio's been in good form. So who knows what's going to happen? You've obviously got Chelsea against Liverpool. Chelsea firmly trying to get top four so they can't afford to slip up. Liverpool have taken, have put the handbrake up by their own previous high standards this season so far since the restart. So we'll have to see what happens in that regard. In other news, as I've said already, Emre, Arsenal's former manager, you know, Emre has been linked with Villarreal, um, which he's anticipated to, to get that job. And um, Santi Cazola is leaving Villarreal. And for this season, considering people said he, he wouldn't be able to play football again, 11 goals and 10 assists um, as Villarreal finished fifth and qualified for the Europa League. It's been a fantastic season. Moving away from that, though, and former Manchester United goalkeeper Lindegaard, Lingard, sorry, Lindigard, sorry, um, scored in the top flight Spanish, Spanish, Swedish top flight game for Helsingborg. His team was trailing at injury time 2-1 down before he darted upfield and scored a perfect header to salvage a point for his team. Truly what football's about. The police are investigating racial abuse of Rangers striker Morelos, Alfredo Morelos. The 24-year-old Colombian was streaming a live video for fans on Instagram where users could post messages. The police have been made aware of offensive comments online and, and are carrying out inquiries. And obviously, I think social media needs to do more because for me, 
I think there's a rare social media can be used for great stuff, man. You can banter, you can make friends, and all of these sort of stuff. But it allows cowards to hide behind it. Like you go on football Twitter, you're seeing sad things. Like you're seeing people mock. I've seen already, sadly, someone has mocked Harry. Um, not Harry Kane, Lampard's deceased mother, and also Aurier's father. Oh, um, Aurier's brother. Sorry, apologies. Made it everybody so rest in peace. And it's sad. And I think people need to be clamped up on that. You're seeing twelve year olds talk nonsense, and people upset that a twelve year old's been speaking racism, racism, and been arrested. Good. You're twelve years of age. You can say you're young and naive, but you know right from wrong. And to be fair, if there's still people still talk nonsense, and I don't agree with the Big Brother society of everybody knowing everything. But if you had to put your details on Twitter or whatever to 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 use it, people would think twice because then you get a slap. You know, there's sad people out there that hide behind the 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 and the, the, the sort of hidden nature that comes with social media, and it's it's sad people, and you know, nobody deserves to be racially abused, and it doesn't seem like these lot care about fixing it. People, we'll have to see. Emil Smith Rowe obviously scored in his last game at, um, for Huddersfield, um, and they've actually sat. Um, someone who was very good for Emil Smith-Rowe. They've sat Danny Crowley and his brother after 10 months in charge of the Championship Club, which is sad because he's confirmed, you know, that they stay in the league. They're in a relegation fight and they're, st they're not getting relegated to League One. If they feel he's not the man to take them forward, then he feels he's not the man to take them forward. So it is what it is. Moving away from that, though, folks, and apparently Jaden Sanjo, who, you know, has been widely linked with a move to Manchester United, he may have to instigate a move to United by making it clear he wants to leave the German champions. I mean, the German club. Apparently, Juventus are encouraging a bidding war between Man City and PSG for Brazil forward Douglas Costa and want to replace him with Wolves and Mexico forward Jimenez. Um, there's been a lot of links linking Ceballos to stay in at Arsenal. And apparently, both clubs are in talk. Apparently, he's ready to ask Real Madrid president Perez to extend his loan with the Gunas for another season. Newly promoted um, Leeds United have confirmed Man City winger Jack Harrison will remain at the club for another loan spell next year. Um, when are they going to make him permanent? Um, you know, a lot of people, young players are leaving for Germany and West Ham's midfielder Benico Baker. Um, I can't spell it. I can't say his other name, but he's a very talented young player, people. And he's set to join Bayern Munich and will travel to Germany for talks, having rejected the chance to sign professional terms at West Ham when he turns 17 in January um, next year. And for Bayern Munich, it'll be a coup. They've got Jamal Muslera and they signed another lad from Chelsea. And I think Muslera, I'll be surprised if he's not a first-team fixture at a high level within the next 18 months to three years. Really and truly, he's a very good player. He's only 17, so I said three years, so I allow him. Um, for West Ham, it's a bit of blow because, you know, between him and Diallo, they could be players for the future for West Ham. But at the end of the day, I like to see these young players seizing their futures. And um, if you go on Benico's Instagram, he seems to be egging it on a bit by conveniently ins putting up pictures saying time will tell with the captions time will tell. These young players love it. I don't mind them having clubs on strings, but be careful of egging faces. And as long as he makes the right move, which he feels is in his career and isn't advised beyond honest advice from advice and pushed into certain directions, then it's fully warranted. Finally, though, Liver um, sorry, people, Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal and Spurs have all been linked with William. I think the only credible teams that probably got interest is Spurs and Arsenal. Jose Mourinho's left Man United, so there's no need for them to sign the 31-year-old. Apparently, um, he has said he's playing the waiting game over a new contract. And obviously, as you lot know, he's have he has offers from um, allegedly Spurs and Arsenal, but he's still holding out on a three-year deal by Chelsea. In fact, he's been offered two by Chelsea, so they're still at loggerheads of some sort. We'll have to see what happens in that regard. But for now, there isn't too much to speak about, people. Um, like I said, man, we've got Premier League. We've got Premier League action 
thick and fast. Like Arsenal played on Sunday, we're back in action on Tuesday. There's obviously Sheffield and Everton today. And yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the relegation race. It'll be happy to see what happens, to see what happens in the top four race. We've got the Champions League in August. So there's still a bunch of football. And we'll actually have to see when the restart is going to happen, people. But for now, nothing more to add. Deluded, I'm out.